listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast with Mark LaCour and Paige Wilson. This is the show for busy oil pros who quickly want to keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. And you're listening to the Oil & Gas This Week podcast brought to you by IBM. This is the show for busy oil pros who want to quickly keep their finger on the pulse of the industry. Thanks to everyone for joining. This is episode 204. How you doing, Paige? I'm all right. It's pollen season and I'm just a little under the weather. Yeah. Is that the reason for the shirt? No. <laughs> you want to tell the audience what your shirt says? No. Because it's not an explicit podcast? Exactly. Is it an anti-lettuce shirt? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Matt Best? Yeah, Matt Best. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Big shout to those guys. We love their stuff. We have to get them on one of the shows. We have to reach out and get them on one of the shows. I have no idea which one. Probably the veterans. Yeah, that's a good fit for them. Yeah. Yeah, because since they're all, they all serve, so. We got reviews. Oh, do we? Yeah, we always get reviews. You, oh. you want to read them or you want me to? I'll read one of them. Okay. Do the first one. Okay. Finally, a great co. It's five stars. Been loving the show forever and you keep getting better and better. Nice to see Paige. Thanks. Here I am as the new co-host. Finally, Mark, you have an equal on the mic with you. Dang. Not sure how you can improve anymore after that change. But if anybody can do it, it will be you too. Keep on doing what you're doing. We'd love to meet you in person one day from Portfolio Chick. So Portfolio Chick, thank you very much for the five-star review. And as soon as this lockdown stuff ends and we start doing live events, you're invited. So you can meet us in person. Then we got another one, another five-star from Texas Mineral Man. Best oil and gas podcast out there. I'm a landman in Texas. I can't begin to tell you how many times I brought up this podcast with coworkers and clients when discussing the various issues and events currently impacting this great industry. If you're not staying up to speed with what's going on around you, you're going to get left behind. Employers look for and keep people who will add value to the operations. This is exactly what this podcast does. It will add to your value by making you a more knowledgeable and well-rounded oil and gas professional who is better equipped to step out in the field and make a difference. Well, it sounds like I wrote that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Texas Middleman. That's like a big compliment. And now let's move into the news story. So what's we got, Paige? All right. Well, we touched a little bit on this in the first Friday Q&A, but Texas oil and gas regulators reject production cuts. Yeah. And it was a legal reason, although I really love the idea of doing production cuts, but it was a vote two to one. And you and I both think we know who the one is that voted for it. Oh, it's Commissioner Sitton. So... Yeah, who's a personal friend of this show. You know, I still love the idea. I love the idea of the U.S. and OPEC and Russia coming to the table a couple times a year, agreeing upon numbers. I hope we do it. I hope we continue to do it in the future. And if we do do it here in the U.S., if Texas will take the lead, which it looks like it will, and work with the other states and the federal government to make sure that we're doing it legally, that it doesn't violate any type of antitrust laws, I just think it's better for everybody. So please, Railroad Commission, please, please, please don't lose track of this. Please work on, on, on doing something. Because I think this is just a fantastic idea. Agreed. What's next? Indian state refiners scale up crude processing as fuel demand improves. Yeah, this is Indian as in India, the country. It's actually really cool. It looks like they cut, shut refining processing for fuels around 60% and that's starting to bring that 60% back, which is awesome. What's happened is India is one of the first countries or one of the earliest countries to reopen up. And so people are starting to drive. And it's really interesting. In fact, we're going to get into this, in, I think another article you found, but it's really interesting that people are still worried about the social distancing. So they're, they're electing not to use public transportation, which means we're going to burn more fuel. And quite honestly, I love it. The quicker we can get the refineries back to refining hydrocarbons and fuels and consumer goods, the better it is for everybody. That's also going to help with the glut that's on the market and the low crude price. 
So the other thing I think is cool is their second largest refinery in India looks at future demand and they think they're actually add capacity because they think they can't keep up future demand. So the future is looking promising in India and in the rest of the world as well. So I can't wait to article. drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny. So I've been getting like one tank a month. I'm used to burning one or sometimes two tanks of gasoline a week and I fill up now once a month. I have filled up my car four times this year. <laughs> since you had it. Since I bought it. Yeah. It's so sad. Isn't it? <laughs> All right. So the next article is oil is back in demand as drivers return to the roads. What a perfect segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is an oil price. It's This is a, a good article talking about how the usage of personal vehicles looks like it's going up because of this fear of, of public distancing. So more and more people are driving, and because more and more people are driving, they're burning more fuels. You're seeing this. We just talked about happening in India. It looks like in China it's starting to take off. And then the other thing I think is interesting about this is that they look up and before this COVID-19 and this double black swan event happened, if you looked at the automobile industry, the forecast, at least here in the U.S. and Europe, it was declining. As shared rides like Uber was happening, as you have more autonomous driving cars, it looked like less, or it was, it looked like the trend was less and less automobiles were being bought for personal use. This article says that that trend's going to reverse itself and it's actually going to expand, which is actually good for the automotive industry. It's good for us because the automotive industry needs more fuel, but it also needs more things like plastics and vinyls and paint. All that stuff comes from hydrocarbons. So it looks like if this prediction right in, in oil price, it looks like this will actually come out, will come out ahead in about a year and a half. But right now you're seeing the need for refined fuels go up, which is just a wonderful, beautiful thing. Please, please, please. Let's make sure that trend <laughs> keeps traveling. If you're going back to work or going shopping, you have a choice between taking public transportation, your car, please do me a personal favor. Take your car. Yeah, that's what I plan on doing. I miss shopping so much, even though I'm much of a window shopper. I miss that a lot. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I wanted to go look at the new Apple Air laptops today. I couldn't. Where? I wanted to go to Best Buy, but I can't actually go in and window shop. I can go in and buy it, but I can't go in and see if I want to buy it. Oh, that's... Yeah. And so because it's an Apple product and we're an Apple shop and you know we've had deals with Apples for a decade now, I'm going to just go ahead and buy it sight unseen. This should be interesting. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Williams lands Gulf of Mexico pipeline deal with Chevron and Total. Yeah, this is actually a cool deal. So I don't know if you know about the Jack St. Mal project in the Gulf of Mexico, but basically Chevron is starting to own the subsea infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. And the thing I think is genius about this is they're making money by providing transport. It doesn't matter if it's their oil or their competitors' oil in the pipeline, they still charge for it. And here's Williams stepping in, and Williams is actually build a natural gas pipeline, subsea natural gas pipeline for Chevron and Total in the Gulf of Mexico. This is called the Anchor Project. It should be online by 2024. It's going to be, get this. 477 mile network of underground pipelines that take natural gas from wells offshore and bring it to natural gas processing plants in Louisiana. So, you know, here's Williams making some money up front doing the construction. And then here's Chevron and Total having an edge on their competitors because they can transport their natural gas back to the LNG plants cheaper than everybody because they own the infrastructure. Then if anybody else needs to transport, they can rent space from Chevron. I just love this. That should be some interesting production accounting. <laughs> can you imagine trying to do the production accounting in the subsea no. gas wells? No, yeah. no. Yeah, me that's, neither. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot more than I've ever had to... To deal with my career. What's the next page? Energy bodies request virus testing prioritization. And this is interesting. So with the number of workers that require offshore, whether it's here or off the coast of Africa or the North Sea, when they're actually doing exploration and then smaller subset of workers that are needed offshore, they're in production. 
you know, this is the different ruling organizations like the National Ocean Industries Association and the Louisiana Mid-Continent Oil and Gas Association. They're asking the federal government to step in and prioritize offshore energy workers getting COVID-19 tests. And it's happening. And it's really interesting. If you think about those work facilities, you know, you have several hundred people, both men and women, in a confined space environment. And so it's much more easy for something that's contagious to be passed around. And I love what they're doing. So they're basically, they want to test the workers before they go out. They want to test the workers also before they come back. So this way, if somebody catches it offshore, they can make sure they get the right medical care and get taken care of, but they don't bring it back to their families. So this is just the right thing to do. It's a good article. You can check it out in Rig Zone. But I just like the fact that the energy organizations are saying we need to do this and we're doing it. Right. And that should make it easier for the turnaround on hitches, because from what I had a friend tell me, they're only rotating two people out at a time. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. I wonder how much extra fuel they're spending in crew boats and helicopters, because you're only rotating two at a time. That means instead of having one turnaround over a day, you're doing it every day to move two people at a time. And it's not cost effective to move two people at a time in a helicopter. No, no, not even in a boat. And then think about how much more danger it is with that many more trips. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I'm glad they're actually doing this. Especially since it's almost hurricane season. Don't even start. (laughs) (laughs) It's the last thing we need. (laughs) All right. Oil posts five-week high. You know what's sad? It's sad that we're super excited at $30 a barrel oil. But honestly, I'm super happy to see $30 a barrel. This is the highest oil has been since early April, into March, early April. And it looks like it's just going up. It's interesting. It's a combination of things. It's a combination of the actual physical curtailing of production by us and OPEC and Russia. It's also a perception thing because people are reading that countries and states are opening up so people will start consuming more downstream products. So the perception thing is really interesting because that's also one of the things that's happening with OPEC. So OPEC says, hey, we're going to cut numbers and the price of oil goes up. Well, they haven't cut it yet. They just said they were going to cut it. Right. right? And so it shows you how much perception impacts the price of hydrocarbons in that industry. But still, we're 50% lower than we were last year at this time. Nobody can make money at, at these numbers. The recovery is happening, people, and we just got to get through it. And, and we will get, and I said this at the very beginning of all this story, you know, I firmly believe by 2021, we're back to $65 a barrel. We just got to get there. So just... You know, everybody butt down the hatches, watch your spin, make sure your critical people are, are taken care of, and let's just get there. All right. Yeah, let's get there. America's oil and gas jobs could soon come roaring back. Love it. That's actually one of the things that we think is going to happen, too. This is really interesting. It's an article in Forbes magazine, and they're comparing this downturn to what happened in the 80s, and, and they're not in the same solar system. They're not, not even the same universe. The thing about the oil and gas workforce in the U.S. that a lot of people don't understand, it's a solid 6 or 7% of the entire workforce. So when our industry takes a hit, it affects everything. Think of all the hotels that don't have people staying in them. Think of all the you know crew boats that aren't running right now. Think of all the people that you know aren't doing refinery turnarounds. I mean, there's a trickle-down effect. Think of all the restaurants nobody's going to. And forget the COVID-19. Just think about if it was just the slowdown in the oil and gas industry. So the picture still is not very pretty. It's getting better. But a lot of economists that study what is going on, when they look at previous downturns, they figured out that this one's different, that it happened extremely quick, and they expect the rebound to happen extremely quick. Now, Forbes, I don't know which one of your analysts wrote this, but Scott Carpenter, Scott, where did you get that idea that it it disappeared really quick and it's going to come back really quick? I think I've heard that somewhere before. But anyway, all joking aside, 
Rock solid Oracle has got good data in it. Once again, and I've heard this before, they expect a V-shaped recovery instead of a U-shaped recovery. And so, you know, this is all good stuff. We just have to hold on and we have to get there. I actually think we're going to have an enormous labor shortage by the middle of next year in, in oil and gas. A lot of the young people that this was their first job out of college are never coming back because they've been burned. And then all the people my age, we're done. You know, we're out and there's nobody in between. And as an industry, we have a hard time attracting people anyway. So I, I really think by the middle of next year, there's going to be a shortage of talent of labor that's going to drive the price of what you have to pay to get people to work here up through the roof. I mean, it actually sounds like something you said the last downturn. It is. I'm joking about these analysts, like where do they get their information from? I actually honestly know that a lot of them listen to us. And then three months later, I hear something we said in one of their reports. But you know what? If, <laughs> if they are doing that, really, it's, it's flattery, right? If, if we can provide information they think is legit and they use you know, what we think in their articles, I think it's cool. Right. Unless they make a lot of money off of it, then they need to split it. <laughs> Hook it up. <laughs> World Petroleum Congress event in Houston pushed to 2021. Yeah, Paige, this was not a good year for us on events, was it? No, no, it certainly wasn't. It's actually interesting. I actually talked to Mayor Sylvester Turner about this whenever I interviewed him right before Hurricane Harvey hit. And he was pretty excited about hosting it and it being in Houston. So, I mean, it is what it is. So we had... Big plans for Sarah Week. Yep, we sure did. Yeah, we were supposed to launch, relaunch oil and gas industry leaders. With your little sponsor called what? Who? AWS it? Energy. Yeah. And there was a chance that you might have actually got a chance to, to meet Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah. And I was going to have my video crew there and I was going to buy another video crew just to have redundancy because that was a once in 10 lifetime opportunity. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And a stupid virus ruined it for us. Yeah. Uh, and I was especially pining over OTC and, and the- And OTC? And, and had, the NOV shrimp boil, which is always my favorite. OTC, we had a bunch of- stuff lined up. We had a bunch of paid gigs. I think we're going to bring three or four podcasts to the, I think it was a Caterpillar people wanted us there and that fell mm -hmm. through. Yeah. just So the cool thing about this is that they have enough foresight to plan it out ahead. So they're pushing, instead of canceling the Houston World Petroleum Congress, they're just pushing out to 2021, which is the right thing to do. It is going to be interesting to see how well they can pull it off logistically. Because what I think is happening right now, and by the way, if you're in the event space, reach out to me and tell me if I'm crazy or if I'm right about this. I think a lot of companies that their core business is helping oil and gas companies do events, do conferences, mm -hmm. they're dying right now. They're starving to death. Oh, I right? bet. And so they're going to get rid of people and get rid of talent. And then all of a sudden, stuff like this is going to happen. I think it's going to come roaring back. And I think the companies that help put on these events are going to get overloaded. And they're not going to be able to deliver. They're not going to be able to get enough parts and pieces and chairs and lights and everything. Because a lot of these conferences and expos that were canceled this year will all come back you know, the end of this year, the beginning of next year, which is what this one's doing at the same time, at the same time that the companies that do events have shrunk to the point where they're not as big as they were now. So I think there's going to be an issue with putting on conferences and expos the next couple of years because of what we're going through right now. Well, not only that, but I mean, the social distancing thing too, right? Yeah. At some point that'll go away, but yeah, that's going to be weird if we try to social, can you imagine social distancing at Innovate Shrimp Oil? No. There's too many hugs I need to give. <laughs> <laughs> and then what's cool about this, this is, this is a great show. We're going to be there as Press. It'll drive, it'll pull on over 700 speakers, over a thousand media. Our team would be part of that media, over 10,000 attendees from a hundred different countries. You have 65 member countries from around the world representing 96 of the global oil and gas consumption and production in the world. So this is the place to be. We'll be there. Let's hope they pull it off without a hitch. It is going to be interesting though, Paige, to your point. I didn't even think, I really can't picture doing social distancing, having a mask on and a suit at an oil and gas conference. That's actually a funny image in it my is head. A, well, <laughs> but just imagine, not just me, imagine every other person there with a mask on. Yeah, that's... It's bizarre, huh? Yeah. 
I hope that's not our new reality. I don't know. I still haven't brought myself to go to the bank in a mask. <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. <laughs> so I can't imagine just, you know, a plethora of people. Yeah. And the cool thing about this, Congress, one last thing is it's not like OTC. It's done every year. They only do this every three years. Right. And it hasn't been in North America since 1987. Yeah. And so, you know, we're looking forward to December 2021. We'll be there. Hopefully we'll be laughing about this when this happens and we won't have masks on and we'll just be having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What's the next one? I don't know. You put them in there. <laughs> Touche. Natural gas prices could double next year. Yeah. You know, on the last webinar we did when we had, who's our buddy, Mac, from uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Remember him talking about the Haynesville, the gas op drillers and producers are, are fine right now. I think, what did he tell us? I thought he said Marcellus. Oh, the Marcellus. No, no, you're right. The Marcellus. You're absolutely right. Sorry, Mac. And what he was saying is that I think gas was costing about $2.50 per billion cubic foot and they were selling it for three. So they're making money. I didn't know that was going on until we heard it straight from him. So they're right. actually in an okay place. The funny thing is, if you read this article, and this article is also in Rig Zone, they're talking about how the cutback on drilling is going to cut back on gas production. Because a lot of people don't know this. There are companies and people that specifically go out and drill for gas. But a lot of the gas that we get in this country is a byproduct of drilling for oil. Since we're not drilling for oil, we're not getting that byproduct of gas. And so you have the supply shrink. And then... The weather people, big shout out to IBM and their their weather masters over there. We've had them on a couple of our shows. They, they're doing some crazy stuff with AI and weather. But they're predicting a really cold winter this year, which is going to increase the demand for natural gas. Awesome. Kill the mosquitoes. Kill the mosquitoes. So if you look at that graph, you have a graph going down in supply, and then you have a graph going up in demand, which is ideal. We need that for crude oil. But right. at least the nat, nat gas is coming. And so that's going to help a lot of Companies that normally would stay in production with oil, if they switch to gas, it's going to allow them to bridge that gap until the price of crude comes back. But this article, they're actually saying they think the price of natural gas is going to double. If the price of natural gas doubles, you could see a lot of activity move to natural gas, a lot of long-term activity. And it's also going to regenerate the LNG industry because now we can ship the gas cheaper around the world than we could before. Right. So this is great news. Let's hope it comes true. Is that it, Paige, for the articles? I believe it is, yeah. Okay, so now it's time for what? The giveaway. Yep. Somebody removed the picture of the shirt. Yeah, it was kind of in my way. <laughs> New host. God, what do you do with them? Pay me. Pay you? <laughs> we do, actually. Okay. That's why you're a professional podcaster. You get no. paid the podcast. That's the only reason I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> just here kidding. The... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No hate mail, people. Say, really cool. IBM's giving away these awesome shirts. Like you've heard me say before, that delivery of these have been put on hold because of what we're going through right now. These shirts are beautiful. They're cut for both men and women. We spent money on them. They have a unique serial number. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to start giving away some cool stuff based on that number. Go register. Just go to show notes, click register. If you don't win, register the next week. And then I don't even know if I should ask you this. What's the weekly rig count? Uh, so it is 361. We are 5% down from last week. That's to be expected. It's to be interesting how low it's going to actually get. I've seen a bunch of numbers out there. I don't think we're going to get below 300. But if we did, it wouldn't surprise me. It's going to be just bad news. It doesn't fall one at a time. It usually comes in a couple yep, at a time. Yeah, hunks. Yep. And then speaking of hunks... What? <laughs> we have some hunks on our street team. So if you'd like to join the hunks on our street team, go to the Facebook group. It's really easy to search for OGGN street team. There are some questions, right, Paige, that they have to answer? They do, or you do not get approved. And so far, I've had a lot of luck with people going in and answering those questions, and I have approved them. So And street team. I know I've been talking about swag for like 17 years. I literally have the email from Catherine in my inbox right now. All I got to do is click approve, and the swags can be ordered. And I'm going to do that after I finish recording this. So you will get your cool shirts. 
And speaking of cool shirts, we don't have cool shirts in the monthly oil and gas events newsletter, but we do put all the oil and gas events in your inbox once a month for free and secret stuff, invitation only stuff, discounts, all that sort of stuff. The monthly email hasn't went out in a while because quite honestly, it's locked down. There's no events, but that will be resurrected extremely soon. And then if you want Tim and I to come speak at your car show, your gym, your car show. <laughs> your university, your industry club or organization, your sales and marketing kickoff, whatever, let us know. We'd be happy to come out and share the details. And also we can bring a podcast, which is actually way more fun than somebody with some boring PowerPoint presentation. And then first Friday Q&A, you know the drill. Go to onlygasthisweek.com, click ask a question. If we read your question on the air, you get a super shout out. Remember, the goal is not to stump Paige and I. The goal is to help educate our audiences. Like I say every time, you can stump me all day, but please try to stump Mark. No. And then while you're <laughs> online, go to the website, allandgasthisweek.com. Give us your email. We promise never to spam you. That's how we let people know the cool stuff we're doing. And we actually have some really cool stuff, like super secret, but super cool, happening the second week of June. So everybody stay tuned. And then join the LinkedIn page. Ha uh-huh. ha. Because the page is what's growing so dramatically. Over 30,000 people, I yes, think, on the page. Yeah, that's correct. And a lot of good content out there. I'm watching people that put content out there that are really just trying to be helpful and useful. And it's really kind of cool. And then we have real people that approve all that stuff, too. So we keep the spammers out as well. That's me. Is that you? You do that, too? Still. Yeah. Damn, you're busy. Well, I'm about to pile that on to Savannah. So our new admin. Our new admin. Big shout out to Savannah, our new yeah, admin. Join yeah. the team. We're up. And Kaylee, our new marketing intern. A new marketing intern. So Paige. We're up to 14 people. Booming. Yeah. And we're growing. <laughs> I know. I think we sort of made it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know later. All right, folks. You ready to get out of here, Paige? I sure am. Remember, folks, do great work, pay it forward, and we will see you next time. And here are events on deck. Hey, everybody. Alex here with the events on deck. So due to current circumstances, of course, we are not able to have any in-person events. So I have nothing of that nature to update you guys on. But we have been hosting some virtual events. So OGGN is wanting to offer free webinars, live happy hours, etc. during this time. Since these events are not scheduled out as far in advance as in-person events, we would like to keep you guys updated via Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. So be sure to keep checking up on that and we'll keep you guys posted on anything we're offering. It has been free. We want to offer you guys value during this time that we're all at home. So please continue checking in and joining us for these virtual events. We are looking forward to seeing you guys whenever we're able to have in-person events and hope you're staying safe and sound. Tune in next week for another informative and entertaining episode of Oil & Gas This Week Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.